Welcome to the Flint Citadel's podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. This morning we're going to be thinking about light, about God's light, about the fact that scriptures use light to um, compare to God. Isaiah 60 verses 1 through 6 say, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together. They come to you, your sons will come from afar, and your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant, and your heart will thrill and rejoice because of the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels will cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and will bear good news of the praises of the Lord." I'm going to ask you to rise and shine this morning. We're going to sing together that song, Shine, Jesus, Shine. And let's just ask God to to shine his light upon us today. Thank you. 
Before we go into prayer, I'm glad you're here. We, this Sunday we have in the, the library the little notes that you can jot a note to the college students, and they're Tom Buxton, John Gwynn, Jessica Gallup, and Daryl Lowe. And John's changed colleges. He's now going to University of Indiana, South Bend. Drop them a note. In the library is a sheet of paper for each one of the college students that you can drop them a note, or you can send one on your own. But if you just stop in the library and um, just sign the sheets of paper, we'll take care of mailing them out to them this week. As always, our services are recorded, and they are sent to missionaries. We welcome them to our services. And some praise reports, Lou, um, that comes with Rex and Sarah and Jim and Sue, she got a job, and the exciting thing about it is the story behind it is she was bell ringing for us, and um, they did an article in the, the newspaper. There was a nice article. Well, this last Monday, we got a call here at the office, and there, it's uh, a lady wanting to offer her a job. She goes, I read it in the newspaper, her story, and can I get her phone number? so Because I, I want to give her a job. And so we got that all hooked together, and she got hired. So I thought that's a cool story. And Rex's surgery, he had his second surgery because there was, you know, the, with the first one, there were complications. They did the second one. After that, they found out that in moving him around, they dislocated his shoulder or something like that. So they had to put that back in place. And so he's in pain, but they're hoping that he can come home tomorrow. So continue to pray for Rex and Sarah and all of the things. Because as Amy said, if it's going to happen to anyone, it's going to happen to Rex, unfortunately. So we need to keep praying for Rex and for Sarah. Gordy's had some good reports and we praise God for that, and we continue to pray for Gordy and Sandy and for the, the good reports and for God's healing. Um, a personal note, my sister, um, some of you know my sister has breast cancer, and her radiation starts tomorrow, twice a day, for five days. And so pray for her. She's ornery, <laughs> and she, she can be real ornery, and... Um, it's just it's, it's making her very nervous. And so with that nervousness, her nervousness comes out as being ornery and stubborn. Figure that. I don't know. But um, pray for her. That starts tomorrow when she has five days, twice a day treatment for the next five days. And we just trust that everything goes well. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, and we thank you for your goodness for your love for us, and for listening to our prayers. Things get in the way sometimes, but we know you hear us and we know you love us. And so there's so many things, job concerns, baby concerns, health concerns, um, just so many things that are on our hearts, and healing concerns for, for the arms and for everyone. And we just give this to you today, Lord. And we do pray for our college students as they start a new semester to be with them, help them to stay focused and striving towards that goal. Give us a great meeting today, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Now we're going to sing, The Light Has Come, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God Among Us.
caught up listening or reading those words that I forgot that I was next. <laughs> the text for this reading is Matthew 4.16, which tells us, The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light, and those who were sitting in the land in shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. A woman named Rose Crawford had been blind for 50 years. I just can't believe it, she gasped as the doctor lifted the bandages from her eyes after her recovery from delicate surgery in an Ontario hospital. She wept for joy when for the first time in her life, a dazzling and beautiful world of form and color greeted eyes that now were able to see. The amazing thing about the story, however, is that 20 years of her blindness had been unnecessary. She didn't know that surgical techniques had been developed and that an operation could have restored her vision at the age of 30. The doctor said she just figured there was nothing that could be done about her condition. Much of her life could have been different. Why did she continue to assume that her situation was hopeless? Had no one told her about the wonderful advances in eye surgery? Such is the plight of those unreached by the gospel. How many will go on living in moral blindness unless we bring them to the Savior? Millions will never know anything but spiritual darkness because no one has shared with them the light that has come into the world. Jesus promises us in John 8:12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life.
I know a fount where sins are washed away. Burdens are lifted, blind eyes made to see. Gosh, what a tremendous testimony that is. I trust this morning that you know that Christ is your Savior, that that God of Calvary might be real in your heart. Thank you. 
morning. Uh, there is an unusual affliction that uh, plagues some people that live in places like Michigan this time of year. It, it really becomes apparent this time of year because it's called seasonal affective disorder or SAD for short. This um, disorder is, is really intensified by our long nights and short days, the generally overcast skies this time of year. Um, in the northern latitudes, that's just a fact of life. People um, with this disorder, severe cases of it, often suffer from severe seasonal depression. Um, it's kind of like a cabin fever on steroids. Um, not just getting antsy because you're stuck in the house, but, but almost unable to go out because of um, how you feel. The Harvard Health Letter discusses three theories that attempt to explain this phenomenon. First, they say that the root cause may be caused by um, the fact that indoor light is too weak for people who suffer from SAD. It's just too weak. A second theory suggests that the lack of light may put people kind of out of phase with their biological clocks so that um, while their internal timers tell them they ought to be home sleeping, um, they're, they're actually up and active because it's the middle of the day. For some odd reason, this seems to hit people especially hard on Sunday mornings. Um, I don't know what it is. And finally, it may be um, that a lack of light disrupts brain processes and the chemicals that play an important role in uh, kind of moderating and modifying your mood. This disorder, it's a real disorder, it affects up to 4 to 6% of the population. And as many as 20% of people, 1 in 5, uh, may have a milder form. Maybe that's more of the cabin fever some of us get as winter kind of drags on. I don't know if any of you suffer from SAD, but I think all of us know what it's like to have cabin fever, to just want spring to come, the, the days to get longer. We know what it is to get tired of the cold and the dark days of winter and to start looking forward to those warm, sunny days of summer. There's just something about light that lifts a person's spirits. Open your Bible, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 60. It's the scripture reading that we started off the service with. Israel was chosen by God to spread the light of his presence to the rest of the world. Um, God picked Abraham really for no good reason. Abraham had faith, but there was nothing um, different from Abraham than many other people except that faith. God picked him and through Abraham and his descendants he determined that um, they would carry this message of, of who God was to the whole world. They didn't do so well. In fact, instead of um, being a light to the world, they kind of hid that light. They thought that light was their own special possession. They dabbled in sin and eventually they rejected the very God who had chosen them as his special people to take this message. As a result, um, God brought foreign nations in to, um, to punish them. And eventually these nations carried the nation of Israel away into exile. 
the book of um, Isaiah and some of those other Old, Old Testament books chronicle um, this decline in Israel and the judgment that comes upon them. But Isaiah is a lot more than just a historical record of the demise of the Jewish nation. It's also a book of promise. Throughout the book of Isaiah, there is the promise that God will restore Israel and he will send a Messiah to accomplish what the nation of Israel had failed to do. That is, to share the light of God with the whole world. In this 60th chapter of Isaiah, we have a promise that God was going to bless this nation, Israel, once again. He was going to restore them. Uh, they had just recently returned from captivity, and they were really struggling to get reestablished. In the midst of their struggles and the depression that those folks felt, Isaiah shares a glimpse of what is to come, of what God intends to do. And that is our reading, Isaiah 60, 1 through 6. Though we read it earlier, let's look at it again. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, deep darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise up upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. The nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes round about and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons will come from afar, and your daughters will be carried in the arms. Then you will see and be radiant, and your heart will thrill and rejoice, because of the abundance of the seas will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels will cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and will bear good news of the praises of the Lord. Now in this last chapter of Isaiah, we get a, a glimpse of the day toward which history is moving. When we reach that goal talked about in Isaiah, we will see God in all his glory. And not only will we see God in his glory, we will share in his glory. In that day, all of life's mysteries, all of our questions and um, dissatisfaction will find resolution in joy. That is the promise of the word of God. This is the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 60. In, in reading that, you get the sense that God's people had been dozing and dreaming as they drifted along in the stream of time. And, and that is a natural state for, for us to fall into. We just get apathetic, we get comfortable, and we start drifting along. But then cutting through their dreams comes this vibrant call. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Israel, uh, as someone just newly opening their eyes, sees a stunning sight. From all around the world, their sons and daughters who were lost begin to return and gather. The riches of the nations are brought to Israel. You will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 5 says. Isn't that a beautiful picture? What a great homecoming! It's not just a homecoming for Israel, however. God has a homecoming plan for all of mankind. 
because it's clear that this prophecy was never fully realized uh, up until this day. Not yet. But I suggest to you this morning that the baby born in the manger started the final fulfillment of this promise of God. In Christ, the light has come into the world, a world that is in spiritual darkness. This is the good news. It is the message of the Scriptures. God's light is already shining and has been shining for at least 2,000 years. We don't have to look back on ancient Israel or look ahead into the future and yearn for His will to be accomplished in some far distant day because the light has come. We can experience this light today. Each of us as followers of Christ have the knowledge of God within us. We, we know that God exists. We've had an encounter with God. And not only do we have that knowledge, but the favor of God is directed towards us. We're His children. And He directs His good pleasure and His favor our way. And in a sense, our light has already come. It's here. Christ is our light. He is our message. He is our joy. 2 Corinthians 4, 5, and 6 says this, It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, Out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine within us to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God reveals himself to us in the face of Christ. And this same Christ lives within us. And, and he radiates out through us. The glory of the Lord truly has risen upon us. This world is certainly a world of darkness, spiritual darkness. I mean, there's a lot of great things in the world, but in a spiritual sense, there is great darkness. And I can tell you, the world will never find its way out on its own. Uh, mankind will struggle and try to find truth and, and um, will never find truth on our own. It, it's like the blind leading the blind. Many people, in fact, most people live in spiritual darkness. At least that's what Jesus said. He said, few find the narrow way that leads to life. And I want you to know, these folks have no hope of finding the light unless someone shows them. They are unlikely to stumble on it themselves. Isaiah chapter 60 tells us that the light of God's presence among his people will draw those who are in spiritual darkness. Just as a light uh, draws people. If, if you're in darkness and you see a light go on, you immediately move toward that light. Jesus said something very like this in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. There he said, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. 
this morning, I invite you to be light to a dark world. I invite you to to remove the scales, so to speak, from your eyes and see the glory of God's presence. I think sometimes we we get so familiar with with the message, with the gospel, that uh, we fail to see the beauty of it. We fail to see the brightness and, and, and we just take it for granted. The light is here. The light is in this place. I can see it. I see the light in the faces of you folks, in your testimonies, in your um, love for one another. The world desperately needs this light. The world desperately needs to see the light that is within you. Make no mistake, the gospel still will draw people. Some people say, I don't know what's wrong. The gospel doesn't work anymore. I'm telling you, when when God is in in you and you are living for Him, people will see that. They will be drawn to that. His light draws people from the darkness. Nothing has changed to alter this truth. In fact, I would say people are hungrier than ever for truth. They're hungrier than ever for light. And as as the, the light of this world grows darker, as the darkness increases, the light of God shines all the brighter. I think we have a wonderful opportunity in the day in which we live to, um, to be witnesses for Christ. You and I show forth His light. We're not to hide it. The world needs to come home. Sons and daughters who are afar need to come home. The world needs the Lord. That's why we're here. That's why God has left us in this world of spiritual darkness. So I wonder this morning, do you you see the darkness? The spiritual darkness that's around us? Are you aware of that darkness? Do you feel the the hopelessness of people who are, are lost in the darkness? Maybe you've been there. Maybe you remember what that hopelessness feels like. Often it's just below the surface. It may be people you work with, you go to school with, your neighbors who are living in a spiritual darkness and they they don't know what to do. It's like a perpetual state of seasonal affected disorder, a depression caused by a lack of the light of God. And the church, I think, shares part of the blame that this darkness is, uh, is so prevalent because we have the light. We have the light. And um, in some ways we failed to take that light out to people who need to see it. This morning, if you don't see the darkness and if you don't know the light, then um, how can you lead others to the light if you don't believe there's spiritual darkness? If you, if you don't see the light of Christ It's my hope and prayer that the Lord will um, remove the scales from your eyes if that's the case. That you could perceive the glory of God's presence in the face of Christ and realize that uh, what you have is something that this world needs and wants. Yeah, the world has a terminal case of sad. It's in darkness, spiritual darkness, and the only remedy for that darkness is the presence of God.
People who suffer from this disorder, seasonal affected disorder, are often instructed to sit in front of these uh, artificial special lights for so many minutes a day that uh, by absorbing this light it will help to counteract the disorder. The remedy for their condition is exposure to the light. Well, I want you to know the only hope for this dark world is exposure to the light of Christ. And if you're feeling spiritual darkness in your own life, if you're feeling distant from God, expose yourself to the light. Um, some people, when that happens, pull away from church, they pull away from spiritual things, and, and all that happens is the darkness increases. And some people regrettably lose their way in that experience. So if you don't have this light in your life, then I invite you this morning to seek Christ. If you know the reality of, um, of this darkness, then come to the light. Come to the light. If you already know the light, then let your light shine so that other people can, can see that. Don't be, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. Uh, let people know. You don't have to bang them on the head with your Bible, but you can let them know what the Lord has done for you, um, how he's changed your life. And in doing so, the, the miracle is we become a part of God's plan to save this dark world. And we discover the purpose uh, for our lives uh, and great fulfillment because um, that's why God has left us here. The light of God's presence and his glory is with you. Even in, in times of evil, in times of spiritual darkness, the light of his presence, he promises, will be with you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you uh, that you are light. In the beginning, we understand that uh, the first thing you created was light. And Lord, we, we thank you that um, uh, you have made us to, um, to be creatures that can, can sense the beauty of your created light. But Lord, I also thank you that you have given us a spiritual nature. You have made us in your image. And so, Lord, we are aware of, of the light of your presence, of your Holy Spirit living within us. Lord, I, I do pray if there's someone here this morning who doesn't know what I'm talking about, who does not understand God as light, does not understand having that light within, then, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, would stir that heart. Lord, would um, just call that person to come out and to seek the light of Christ. Um, God, I just thank you that you are so faithful. I thank you, Lord, that you have shown us the way. And Lord, I pray that you might uh, help us to be light to those we meet, that God, our lives would just be a, a testimony um, by the things we say, by the way we conduct ourselves, Lord, by um, every aspect of, of who we are. Lord, even the, even the countenance of our face, that it would reflect um, your image in us. So God, continue to work in us as this new year starts. Might we um, take seriously the charge to be uh, a light to this world. And Father, we'll give you the praise for the, the harvest that comes when we um, seriously show our faith. For we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song 457.
from your red songbooks. Send out thy light and thy truth, Lord, into my heart. Let them shine. He's already done that. So um, uh, if you're a Christian, if you claim the name of Christ, he's already done that. If, if you've never accepted the Lord, then that's a prayer. That's a, uh, uh, something you can take God up on because he has sent out that light for us. We're uh, singing this to the tune of Tell Me the Story of Jesus, so you'll have that down. But um, if God's speaking to you, feel free to come and pray. And just let the Lord know that uh, you want to have the light of his presence in your life. Let's sing the first verse. side evermore. This is the life that I enter now that my struggles are o'er. I hope you know the experience of God's light in your soul, in your innermost being, and I just praise the Lord if that's the case, let it shine. Let's sing the third verse together. Fullness of joy in thy Oh. 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one lights a lamp to put it under a bucket, but on a lampstand, where it gives light for everyone in the house. And you, like the lamp, must shed light among your fellow men, so that they may see the deed you do, and give glory to our Father in heaven. And Paul adds in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 5 through 6, It is not ourselves that we proclaim. We proclaim Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as their servants. For Christ, for Jesus' sake. For the same God who said, Out of darkness let light shine, has caused his light to shine unto us, to give the light of revelation, the revelation of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for surrounding us as the light of day fills the earth with brightness. In your great mercy, enfold us with the radiance of your light so you, so you would shine into our hearts the brightness of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grant us, Lord, the lamp of light, love which never fails, that it may burn in us and shed its light on those around us, and that by its brightness we may have a vision of that holy city where dwells the truth and never-failing light, Jesus Christ our Lord. O Lord God Almighty, as you have taught us to call the evening the morning and the noonday one day, and have made the sun to know it's going down, dispel the darkness of our hearts, that by your brightness we may know you to be the true God in eternal light, living and reigning forever and ever. In the light of the in the name of the bright and morning star, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now we're going to sing Give to Jesus Glory. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Gersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint, and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.